There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Leah Diana, and with my boyfriend and co-host, Sean Tatro, we will be winding back the reels to 1973. During the Meiji era, a gambler called Ocho takes revenge on three gangsters who killed her father, shelters a wanted anarchist, and confronts a British spy in Sex and Fury. Let's get into it. Welcome back for episode three. Yeah, I know. Wow. We're really doing this. We are. All right, so what are we covering today? Today, we are covering a movie that I have an actual story behind why I own this. So we are covering a movie called Sex and Fury. 
I saw this movie back in 2005 when I went to my first Otakon. It was a anime convention, one of the biggest on the East Coast. Currently, it's in Washington, D.C. now, but it used to be in Baltimore. And about midnight, they start the 18 plus shows. Usually you go to hentai or some weird stuff. We didn't make it to the hentai ones. And the description, I wish I still had it. I don't have the booklet. Uh, a couple of my friends do, but I wasn't able to get in touch with them before now to get have them go through it. The synopsis of this movie that they wrote out in the program book intrigued the hell out of all of us. <laughs> so we were like, oh, we got to see this. I saw it with 400 people in a small room at a convention center. It's not a small room, it was, but it was with 400 other people. No sleep, high on sugar, possibly drunk, possibly high, don't know. <laughs> it was Saturday night, it was two in the morning, and let me tell you, it was a fucking interesting ride. This is definitely not the type of movie you watch with a room of 400 people. Oh no, you do <laughs> not. But when you watch it with a group, when you watch it with 400 anime fans... Oh, it gets good. It gets real good. I could definitely see that. But yeah, I uh, I ended up about a year later wandering into New Right Comics. It's a local New England kind of music, vinyl record shop, music shop. And I found this just sitting there next to a Chinese copy of Hero, which is like a really big movie at that point i still have the old the really nice chinese copy of it but i saw hero and i went what's that next to it and i pull sex and fury off the shelf and i've owned it ever since this is my fourth viewing of this movie my first one was at otakon i've seen it two more times with my friends and this is the last time i saw this was over a decade ago this is my first viewing of this movie i know Um. this is weird (laughs) I have seen things like this before, um, and I'm not going to lie, going into this, I wasn't very excited, only because this type of 70s era film isn't my cup of tea, generally, though I will say that I did enjoy this viewing. Uh, But before we get too far into that, essentially... Uh, this film, this is Sex and Fury. It's uh, it's a film directed by Norifumi Suzuki. I'm probably gonna butcher all these fucking probably. names, probably. But um, it was it stars Reiko Ike. Ike. Oh my god! You should just have me read these. You want to read them? Yeah. Send me the send me the the link, and I will read the Japanese names. I'm just not go on, uh, that much better. Just go on Wikipedia. It's the Wikipedia Or page. even IMDb. They're listed there. I apologize. I'm an uncultured pig. <laughs> no! <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> so. The director is Norifumi Suzuki. Yup. Reiko? Reiko? Aiki? So you're no better at this. Hey, <laughs> I speak mostly Korean, so... Oh, and one of the other girls that's in it, her name is Christina Lindbark. I can say that name pretty well. Well, I assume that's the English broad. I'm sorry. English broad. English, yeah. Very loose. 
So the actual plot of this film essentially uh, follows a female petty criminal um, played by Reiko Ike. Ike. Ike, I believe. Uh, who becomes involved in an international uh, in international intrigue while searching for the sister of a man she saw murdered in a gambling den. The synopsis, yeah, the doesn't, synopsis make doesn't make sense. match what no. we saw. What does it say on the back of this? Hang on. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, stars Ocho, Ocho, a gambler and pickpot in the main pickpocket in the Meiji era Tokyo. After sheltering a fleeing anarchist, Ocho encounters the three villains responsible for her father's murder. And runs afoul of various Yakuza who want her dead. See, that's accurate. Yeah. Like, I don't... The the synopsis on the internet doesn't match. No, so whoever last edited the Sex and Fury Wikipedia page... You failed. Try again. <laughs> you failed. <laughs> you know, I've never edited a Wikipedia page. I'm always afraid that somebody's going to find my IP address and kill me. There's no point in editing a fucking Wikipedia page. Half the information is wrong. I go on it mostly for basic information and yeah. uh, budget information, which unfortunately this th- is not listed here. No. I really would have loved to know what this movie was made for, but unfortunately I think a lot of the stuff made around this time doesn't have very good record keeping. The translation on this page is rough because it is called Bad Godin Indo Deer Butterfly. <laughs> Jesus. What? Um, yeah, I can't find a lot of information. There isn't a lot of information I know no. about this one. I mean, until I really read the back of this box and we realized there's a sequel to this movie. Like, that's when I realized, wait a minute, there's an actual follow-up to this. Which... I think could be pretty cool. It really could. Well, I'm not finding very much of anything in here. So I think we should just jump into... There's not going to be a lot of fun facts on this one. No. And there's not going to be a lot of info on this one. So if anybody knows info, we'd love to know. We We didn't really think there would be very little. But this is also like a 1973 grindhouse film. Yeah, this... Uh, this is goes without saying. This is an exploitation film in its truest form. This movie opens. We get an old police detective who is being brutally murdered, and I'm not gonna lie. At first, I thought it was like a grandfather and his granddaughter. That's what I thought in the beginning. Yeah, when but I first saw it, it's actually a father being murdered and his daughter watching sees it. Yeah, sees him die essentially. Um. Which is followed up immediately by a slightly 007-style credit sequence. Like, uh, I love what? it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's that that moment when you see how the dad dies, how dramatic the death is, and the fake paint-red blood. Oh, I love it. And the opening sequence, are you like, this is going to be a bumpy ride, kids? <laughs> The credit sequence ends very abruptly, mm-hmm. and then we're introduced to the recently elected president of Japan. Uh, I, I was trying to keep I would, up yeah, with this, I, but... I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. 
Um, he's Im- he immediately faces the most po- poorly attempted assassination I've ever seen. Oh my god! And uh, the assassin manages to fight his way out with minor wounds, um, and he's saved by our protagonist, the young girl from the intro, who has now grown up, blossomed into a beautiful butterfly. This woman is beautiful. She's gorgeous. She is absolutely gorgeous, but terrifying. Holy I mean, when shit. she smile, <laughs> even when she smiles in some scenes, she's like. And you're like, she's going to kill me. She's going to cut me. She has the most intense eyes. She does. It's like, horrific. Christ. <laughs> um, and by the way, this assassin is, he's fucking terrible throughout this whole movie. He, he, <laughs> his like, disguise is awful. What disguise? It, well, like the cloak that he keeps putting on. <sighs> and... He keeps attempting, like, every time he attempts the assassination, he strikes way too soon. <laughs> and why is he going in with a sword, knowing that these assholes have guns? Uh, I don't it kill, know. It kills me. It kills me. Um, I just have a comment that goes, that was smart. I don't know what it was for. It was in the beginning. <laughs> um, I thought it was funny that she's just your average pickpocket she just oh i can't help it i keep doing it oh no i just i did it again that that's the sarcasm i like out of her it's just so funny um all of the deaths in this movie are over dramatic oh but it's awesome oh my god oh my god they put so much intensity into even the smallest ones like just oh the the death of the brother um, or the brother when she goes to seek the young girl. He sends her to yeah. Tokyo to go find the young girl. That death is like... Oh, uh, 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 it's fucking Pee Wee Herman from Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. <laughs> uh, 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 like, it's that. It is that long. Uh, so funny, though. We follow her to some kind of gambling house. Yep. Um, where a man is brutally murdered for trying to cheat. But you find out that the owner of the gambling house told him he had to cheat and then called him out for cheating and let him die. And I was like, damn! Brutal! It it becomes very clear early on that everybody in this movie is pretty much a scumbag. They're out to get each other. Everybody's out to get each other. Um, Which kind of, I guess if you look at it in the right light, makes sense because Hmm. everyone is... This is a movie centered around the act of gambling in gambling, a lot of ways. the yakuza kind of like the seedy underbelly of of japan and in that era in gambling you never want to you never want to show your hand you always want to have ulterior motives yes. so like it kind of makes sense that everybody is out to backstab one another yeah that's what you're doing um i also learned in the, by this sequence which was very early in the movie that everyone carries knives but no one knows how to use them yeah <laughs> The ones that carry the swords kind of know how to use them. The ones that carry the knives don't. And half the people that shoot the guns went to stormtrooper training school. Oh my god. They miss almost every time. So she learns information that she's not supposed to know. But she's still staying near the gambling house. And she doesn't realize that her life is threatened. And then we come to the first fight scene, Sean. The, what did you think of this oh fight my God. scene? All right, so essentially, let me set the stage for you. So you, she 
is alone in her, her room. She uh, She's in the bathhouse. She, yeah, in the bathhouse. That's yep. what it is. So she's in the bath, obviously, naked. Stark fucking naked. And then a dude comes in and tries to kill her. And then you find out that it's a bunch of dudes trying to kill her. And it's literally it literally divulges very quickly into a sl- slow motion fight scene in the snow while she's naked. While she's naked. Holy shit! <laughs> and she can fight better than any of the guys can. Yes, she fucking brutally murders everyone. Every one of them. The way that this is set, the entire scene is basically in slow motion. Um, but it doesn't drag out too long. No. Uh, it's very obvious that it they're trying to emphasize the nudity, which is the surprisingly... jiggle physics are amazing. Yes, um, it's surprisingly <laughs> tasteful for yeah. something like this. Um, but the s- slow motion also, I thought, made the violence of her murdering everybody. Um, it made it almost elegant and grotesque like uh like a dance mm. but then you have like the blood the limbs and it like con- contrasts that beautiful snowy setting it was really cool it I, is like, i liked it do you think quentin tarantino saw this and got a little inspiration Absolutely. did you see that the moment you saw the doors open in the snow and you're just like fucking you're like oh my god what's her name ichi Ichi, Reni, Oren, Orenichi. Yeah, I went. There's oh. no way Tarantino did not draw inspiration for uh, Oren's entire sequence from this movie. This is beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> nope, you got to so, say something. So there is one thing that fighting naked for a woman in Japan. I don't know. This is a fact. I don't know, but. If you see how kimono is worn, it, you've got layers upon layers, and then you have the obi, and it's very, it's very movement restricting. If you notice, even on the cover, her arms, her sword arms out, she's free to move it. Yeah. Fighting naked, she probably had even more of an advantage than the men that were wearing the basic. I don't know if it's just called the male ones are called kimono or something different, but she didn't have movement restriction that she would with the kimono on. Yeah. So uh... it may, it's it's nudity. But it makes fucking sense. Yeah. It's like, like, damn. Honestly, like, most people watching this are going to think it's just absolutely ridiculous. Oh, they just wanted boobies flying everywhere. Which is true. It's an exploitation film. Yeah. But it makes sense. They actually, like, I think to some degree thought this out. Yeah. After this, we jump ahead. Very, all the transitions in this movie happen very abruptly. Yeah. So, like, this scene ends, and we immediately jump ahead, and she... She's at the Crooks Orphanage, is what I noted. It looks like it's a place where women live by stealing and conning men, but it sounds like they're all women that don't have families or homes. Right. Um, But right before that, she reconnects with our assassin guy. Oh, the the really bad one? Oh, Shinosuke. That's his name? That's what Christina kept saying the whole time. Shinosuke. That's Shinosuke. his name. Okay. I won't remember that. But <laughs> <laughs> so she reconnects with him briefly. Mm. It stops him from getting mugged. Yep. By one of the girls that we later by see. By a first day in training girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then she goes to this. Brings her back home. Yeah. Brings her back home. Where you find out this is where she pretty much grew up after her dad died. Yes. Um. 
in the scenes that follow, something I noticed was that the I there's a hierarchy in this film of uh, the longer the sideburns or the greater the mustache, the higher class you are. Oh my god, yeah, huh? <laughs> if you have no sideburn, no facial hair, you're nobody. Get out. Oh my god! It's like the agent. He had the the full mutton oh, chops <laughs> or mutton stash. The red haired American dude. Yeah. <laughs> Who had kind of a Texas accent that kept falling off most of the movie. Oh my god. Oh my god, it was terrible. This part of the movie kind of progresses pretty quick. Like, we go through these various scenes and then we wind up in the gambling hall. Yep. Uh, where we've got the big... We meet our, Ameri- our English agent. Swear to god, she's um, Scandinavian. Probably. Oh, and they comment, and this is a comment that I remember everybody making at the screening when we were at Otacon. She's blonde. She's yeah, fucking full-headed brunette. She, that, I have that written down. I was like, because <laughs> the guy says, oh, you have, you're, or who says it? Somebody says that you, uh, in an, in, the girl in a, is. Uh, the first dude that gets killed. Yeah, the English, yeah. she's an English gambling player. Yep. Or ga- card player, and. She's blonde. Yeah, you'll recognize her because she's blonde. And in the next scene, she's brunette. She's a brunette Scandinavian. (laughs) I'm like, did they cast somebody and she just bowed the fuck out? I'm thinking... So they're like, hey, girl, get in here. Well, I'm thinking that they had it written for a blonde actress. They shot the scene with that dialogue. Yeah. And then maybe they couldn't cast somebody blonde. They couldn't find somebody that was willing to do it. I don't know. And then, boom. They were stuck with that. Oh, my God, it drives me crazy. (laughs) That was one of the scenes that I remember my friend Liz, like, shouting, she's not even fucking blonde, as loud as she could in the thing. (laughs) Like, there are scenes where I remember when people were screaming stuff. Oh, my God. I... I can't imagine Liz watching this fucking Oh, my God. We were all fucking hooting and hollering at this bullshit. Um... So she's at the gambling hall and she's defending the honor because she finds the sister, Yuki. But she's already been sold to bad guy number one. And I don't remember his name fully. I think it was in in, in an hour. Oh, yeah. So the way this movie is set up is essentially like levels in a video game. Yeah. So you're she's essentially making her way up the chain, kind of like Kill Bill, mm. which obviously... A lot of... A lot of inspiration. Yeah. But, uh, so she's trying to kill her way through the, like, the people that killed her dad. So, like, think of it, that, think of it like boss fights. Yeah. Continue. Uh, I'm trying to find... Yeah. Iwakata. So... We're gonna butcher these yeah. names. I'm sorry. Uh, to make it easier, the way I associated everybody because the names were escaping me. Yeah. I you had protagonist. Yep. Um assassin. English agent. Um and then for like the villains it was uh the the deer, the boar and the moth. Oh, uh, butterfly. Deer, moth, moth and butterfly. Was it butterfly? I believe it was butterfly. Oh, all right. Butterfly. Whatever. <sighs> We're doing great on this one, guys. But um, that's how I was referring to them the entire time. Yeah. Okay. So she's in there. Um, she offers herself. She says, if I win, I take Yuki with me in a gambling thing. 
if I lose, you get me. So then we have the showdown of, or then we're brought to like a ballroom kind of dance where you've got Japanese traditional kimono and dress meets Western day glow. Yeah. Weird American outfits. It was real because they keep referring to these people as English, but yeah, I feel like they were American. I yeah, I feel like they were American. So I I don't know. It was a very odd clash there. It was so strange. And some of the outfits, I'm like, why is this day glow green? <laughs> like it's so bright against these beautiful like plum and blue kimono outfits, and I'm like, well, I think it's just to make them stand out yeah, visually. To, yeah. And it works. It does. They uh, they definitely stand out. So the um, Christina, the English spy, comes down the stairs and you're introduced to her. And she's very beautiful. She's very striking. Oh, yeah. She has very soft features. But her facial acting drives me fucking crazy. What facial acting? Oh, my God. The only... She's supposed to look surprised or she has like deadpan gambling face down beautifully, like no emotion. Yeah. So that, that scene, right. Yeah. So right after you meet her, they, they, we they jump right into the, cut gambling into the scene. gambling. Yep. And that it's, they're basically playing poker, I think, or, uh, I think it's poker because at one point there was somebody had a full house. Somebody had, um, like yeah. Four aces and a queen, or yeah, it was. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know card I games. I kind of followed it a little. I don't know how to play any. I don't know. Poker is a fucking complete mystery to me. <laughs> but, um, throughout this whole scene, I was watching the way it was edited and the way they acted without words. Yeah. So like, this is where I really noticed how fucking intense our protagonists' like eyes are. Because they focus a lot on their eyes and, like, the stoic poker faces throughout this. And it's edited a lot like a, uh, like they're dueling off. Yes. And it's really cool. Like, the tension builds pretty well throughout it. And you're worried that Ocho's gonna, she's gonna lose at some point. You're like, oh my god, she's gonna lose, she's gonna lose. Christina's doing good. Uh, but then in the middle of it, all of a sudden, Assassin comes in. And tries to take this guy's life again. Literally like he just, in he just the middle. He just runs in going, ha! Like, that's it. Like, he just runs in. In the middle of the scene. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and and then, like, this whole scene happens where they fucking, he runs in, they he fight. disrupts the whole thing, yep. they fight. Him and Christina re-meet for yes. the first time. Well, because, and we'll backtrack, when um, Ocho meets Assassin for the first time in the streets... Or when she saves him from the first assassination attempt he does. Yeah. She picks pockets him. And she sees that there's a locket with a, pr- a predominantly Western-looking girl in it. Yeah. Cut to the meeting on the stairs. You see that it's Christina. Yeah. And they have a moment where she's like... <gasps> and he's like, shoot him! And she's like... <gasps> Literally, that's all she's doing. That. So... So bad. The, the most hilarious part about this is you go through this whole dramatic moment... That happens so abruptly, and then it literally hard cuts back to them gambling again. Yep. (laughs) It's done. It's it's over. It hard cuts to them going back to gambling. But then, then we have a fever dream sequence of her having sex with Shinosuke in her mind, and it throws her game off, and she loses. Yes. But it it emphasizes that she saw him, her whole game's off, 
what she was there to do, her mission is now ruined because she just saw the love of her life. I'm assuming. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. We go from her losing. Yep. Uh, it's worth mentioning that our protagonist pickpockets her gun, mm-hmm. which becomes useful later on. Um, and then uh, the guy promises, "All right, I'm gonna let her go at I'll noon. I'll have her at noon, noon tomorrow. tomorrow." Cut to cut to hard cut to a pretty uncomfortable rape scene, which is. It's it's hard to watch. It doesn't get graphic. It's not graphic. But... It's not violent. But it is fucking disturbing. It's disturbing. Because one of the comments he makes is, deflowering virgins is my hobby. And that's when Ugh. you know. You're like, oh, I want to see some shit. I don't know about this. But literally almost the next scene, we go back to Christina. Yep. And she's kind of thinking about uh assassin guy. And her boss, the the mutton chop guy, comes like, in. You could have killed him. You missed him. And then he rapes her as a punishment. Yeah. All right. So I had... tells her your training starts now. I made <laughs> what? I made that as a comment. I was like, all right. And this is, I know that this is gonna sound un PC, but I wrote it the best way I could. So the. In those years, in Japan and the uh, Asian countries and stuff, I know that things were, like, women were still being treated as objects. Women were property. They were property. They were owned by men. We don't so, We don't have anything in front of us to, like, oh, this is definite. No, this is, this is just off the from cuff. from things that we've seen. But, so, seeing that guy take advantage of that young girl... I understood why it was happening. I was like, all right, it's that time period. They could do that. Not that it was okay. Oh, it was not okay. I don't condone it. No. But, and then seeing the English guy do it to Christina. Who is supposed to be an English spy equal to him. I was, that fucking sat weird to me. I don't like that scene. Like, he's trying to teach her a lesson, but the lesson is he's training her and basically... None of this is consensual. None of it. Though her actions then seem super consensual. Well, for because what she says in her mind is a spy needs to learn how to turn it off. Yeah. And she literally, out of body, you can see it, she out of body turned it off. Yeah. And it was... It's 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 weird. It's a little deeper than it should be. I think, I honestly, like, I try to think about it as logically as I can, and... I'm pretty sure that because this is a Japanese film, mm-hmm. it's being written from a Japanese perspective. So I assume that they just took that same mentality from that era and just and was put like, it to the English as well. Like, I mean, there's one movie, um, not fairly recently. It's a couple, It's maybe about ten or so years old. Memoirs of a Geisha. Sayuri or Chio was sold by her and her sister were sold by her parents to um I don't know exactly um what it was anymore I don't know the wording anymore but so her parents could survive they sold their only two children yeah children and women were objects they were property like this was a barter and sell kind of thing 
It's terrible. Oh, absolutely. But you can see even in Memoirs of a Geisha, which was a couple of decades ago, it was in that too. Not to the extreme that it is in this, in this no. movie. These scenes are very uncomfortable. I will say they are very triggering. This movie is not a movie you watch just for no. shits and giggles. Go into your research to see some of these, even ex- with ex- exploitation films. Go into it, read the synopsis, find out if something's going to be triggering. Because this movie, if you don't go into it right, well, that's it's, the not, th- like, it's not for pe- some people. Exploitation is a thing that you have to go into with the right mindset. Yeah. You, you have to be into that type of what's seen now as like wacky filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, cause, and it was then like it's just throw every throw shit at the wall and try and I just realized something what so we are drinking New England oh. caramel macchiato still yeah I don't even want to talk about it anymore this uh... well this is the first time we're talking about no, this no it's coffee. not New England it's uh Barissimo oh, Barissimo so this is the first time we're talking about this coffee to them so as you can tell we've done a few episodes we had to wait for the um the sequel to this to come in to record it i wanted to do one one after the other delays in shipping it's this time of year yesterday was thanksgiving so shipping stuff is just a little weird so we waited what two three weeks for this movie to come in yeah so you guys are essentially seeing episode three and four after we've recorded after we've recorded after episode 12 so we're a We've been drinking this one place. a little bit, so we apologize. This this one's going to be a little weird. This coffee is not good. It's an Aldi brand coffee, and I feel like Aldi brands, which is like a cheaper grocery store up here, kind of like Food Lion down south that I know of, uh, or Price Right. I've lived in North Carolina, so I know Food Lion is like the kind of equal to it. I don't know west of here, of the east coast. I know nothing. No. So it's kind of like a more affordable grocery store. However... A lot of things are good. A lot of things are not good. If you want quick, dirty coffee, I recommend this. If you want good coffee, don't drink this. Don't drink it. This is like like dirty water. We have been struggling (laughs) for, what, two weeks? Yeah, we're just trying to get through it at this point. And unfortunately, we have like three more flavors from this same company. We have maple syrup, pumpkin spice, and vanilla creme brulee. I swear to God, if none of those have any flavor, I'm going to kill myself (laughs) so back to the movie um after that scene i'm a little jumbled as to where it goes next um but i do have a note here that one of the things that the english dude the american dude and the what seems like the head of a company. He's the second bad guy. He's the one with the boar tattoo. They have a meeting with Deer no, Guy. Uh, All three of them have a meeting in the house. No, boar tattoo was the president. Is the president. Okay, boar tattoo There's is the president. Deer tattoo. Boar tattoo. Boar tattoo. And then butterfly. And butterfly. Yes. So Deer and Boar meet up with American Dude. I believe this is after the scene where he teaches her a lesson. Yeah. I, I can't. This movie's really jumbled because the ending sequence fucks me up every time. <laughs> so he says, um, he says that they're like trying to help them fund and become a stronger nation. 
but he says to Christina, not a scene before, Japan is a barbaric country and we are trying to start the second opium war. I was like, what? Well, I understood what they were going for there because, like, especially in the past, Mm. I don't know how much they do it now, Mm. but, like, the entire idea of spies and secret agents was to, like, what they did was incite incident and like try to topple governments yeah so like that made sense to me if they Mm -hmm. were spies they were trying to essentially start a war so that they could dismantle the japanese government yep makes sense i get it it. but it's still it's still a lot there okay the next sequence is until assassin guy barges into the crick girl's place to hide I don't remember what was in between that now. I don't remember what was in between that. Literally from uh, the Christina's rape scene. Yeah. My next note is woman beating circus. <laughs> oh, yes. So. <laughs> and I know exactly what I meant by that. <laughs> yep. The assassin sneaks in or finds his way into Ocho's female crook, female pickpocket school, basically. Yeah. And he's like, hide me. And the girls are all freaking out, but Ocho recognizes Assassin and goes, come with me, and hides him. Now they come in, and all you see is Ocho sit down, and the guys are like, we're going to search, we're going to search. Cut to, we're in what appears to be a room with a movie theater projecting, with all the girls chained up like this, being beaten in unison. It was, like, hilarious. Like It It was weird. Was this supposed to convey some terror? Because I'm just giggling. It, it comes out of nowhere. It's it literally does. like, and you have not just the projector going, but there's like all these lights that are like moving around. I pretty much was it, like, what is with the camera cuts, guys? What is happening right now? Oh, there's there no transitions. Cuts, and you saw people's eyes and then you saw hands and then you saw body part and you're like, what is going on? It doesn't tell. There's no cohesive story other than, oh, we took the girls to beat them. So Ocho would show up. But Ocho was in the kitchen when everybody barged in. So what happened? Yeah, why didn't she get taken as yeah, well? why did they take all the other girls? But she was literally sitting in the, like, kitchen area where they served tea. Just sitting there like this. Uh, I was like, what happened? I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this movie probably had missing scenes. It had. Missing to. moments. Are there, are there deleted scenes in this? Um, a lot of no. Grindhouse movies did. Like, there would be, like, reels would get damaged or... Um, maybe they just didn't have enough money to shoot everything or things got cut out for time. Mm. Like it happened all the time. So I'm thinking that's probably what happened with this one. Cause it feels very disjointed at times. Yeah. There's no, there's uh, no, um, deleted scenes. There's no bloopers. There's no nothing. Also, this movie's not rated. Oh, there is no rating on this film. Okay. I think, I don't know if the second one. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. Essentially, from this point, the the weird woman beating circus moment. Uh, that's where we really get into the the meat of the, the story. The actual like her taking her yeah. revenge. Like you, you kind of get the feeling from the opening scene when the dad is holding the three cards, which have a butterfly, a boar, and a deer on it. Yeah. You know that those are gonna play in a part. 
this is where you yeah. realize they're playing in part. Yeah, he was trying to tell who, her who, who killed him. Who killed him. Like, so she shows up to this place, basically barters for the girl's freedom and says that she'll... Take me, release them. Take me, release them, but she says if somebody's going to defile me, it's going to be... You, second dude the, with the deer. The deer tattoo yeah, guy. Who's hiding in the back like a coward, and he comes out laughing. And I'm like, when she says take me instead, I'm thinking, oh, they're just going to beat her. No, no. Take her means take her. Like, take her. Take her sexually. Like, it's... But this girl's smart. Oh, yes. So we get this this scene where he takes her back to his place. He's undressing her. He's doing this. And she's like, wait a minute. I need to put perfume on because she has to smell nice. So she takes it out of her hair. She goes into like the side room, takes, and I mean, when I say they're applying perfume, they are literally like she is hosing she is herself, hosing herself <laughs> like, down with this fucking perfume, like, like cover damn. and and one of the scenes you can see how wet her skin is, and it makes sense why in a moment. Yes, because you're like, why would you do this with perfume? But then, so she's in the process of putting on the perfume, and he comes in, and he's like immediately it's like needs her it's right then like and there. whatever this was was instant fucking aphrodisiac aphrodisiac like yeah is that the right word aphrodisiac, aphrodisiac. he yeah. instantly was like hard and horny for this girl um so they start he starts going on going at her um and she's very much numb to it she's yeah. not she, you attention. can see she's like she's playing it up for him so yeah. she's convinced but the minute he oh the minute she's lying there and he does like a 180 and his head's here now there is porn this is their it's basically softcore porn porn. but it's not like i'm licking and kissing things they're literally doing this the whole time to their body like they're literally like they're rubbing their they're rubbing lips lips are just on skin like yeah okay what are you doing how's it going it was weird. And then he gets down to her crotch and it's like, okay, he ate her out to death. <laughs> well, that was my joke. Well, the for reason, him. <laughs> yeah. The reason why she had to gob this stuff on is it's a poison from Germany that once you ingest it, you die. Yeah. It, it smells, smells good, really nice. But and it'll tastes kill, good. Apparently. apparently. But it'll instantly like turn. It, what what it looked like is it was seizing his nervous system and it was shutting him down. Yeah, it it was a cool way for somebody like that to die. Yes, I kept hoping that it, she would like violently stab him. I or was some shit. honestly <laughs> hoping she she made my hopes um come. She made my dreams come true with the with the last guy. Oh God, but we'll get this to that. one. This one was more like because she kept asking. Who is the third person? Who's the third person? He's like, oh, you'll find out. Like, and then he dies. You're like, bitch. Damn it. <laughs> I have to say this actress, she has a beautiful body. She does. Oh, my or God. Did? I don't know if she still does. She probably still does, damn it. Yeah, you know, probably. <laughs> She's a beautiful, beautiful woman. Beautiful actress. No shame at all. I no. love it. I absolutely love the she... fact that she didn't give a shit. She fucking committed to this part. She didn't care if her, at one point, and I always watch for it in that that naked fight scene. She doesn't give a shit if her pussy is plastered on screen. She was in that And it really fight. wasn't, though. No, like, they, it was it very never... tasteful. You could see that that it when she turned this way, they'd cut, 
to a different scene, like her legs or yeah. her side. They'd show her boobs, they show her butt. Never, ever did they show this part until a very tiny bit of this lovemaking scene. Or I didn't even notice. It was a very, like, flat done. And I was like, they're very tasteful, but in Japan, <laughs> even if you've watched, have you ever watched Japanese porn? I don't think so. No. Japan blurs penises and vaginas out even in porns oh really it's not i don't know if it's illegal but it's not you don't show them at all penetration it's blurred out if somebody i'm going real great deep in this if some girl's going down on a boy it's blurred out you can show boobs you can show butts you cannot show penises or vaginas even I in like porns. the fact that she knows more about porn than i ever will <laughs> i didn't have a jenna jameson addiction <laughs> When I was younger, and I don't have her autobiography in storage, and I haven't read it three times. Solid. Uh, anyways, back to the... Uh, <laughs> um, back to this. Something I'd like to mention is that I thought they did it... It's in a very basic way, but I thought they did a really cool job with the imagery of the animals throughout this movie. Yes. So, like, you have the cards, which obviously represent the, the villains. Yep. But... You've also got, like, the snake, the imagery of the snake. Mm. And, like, they use it really well. Like, I think it's the president's office, and, like, you see the snake painted on the wall, and they light it. So it's, like, the focus. I have a story about that. Oh, God. Literally. And if you notice on here, she has the deer and the boar tattooed on her. That was cool. But the butterfly's here. So the butterfly, mm, the butterfly has significance being like that. Which I am first time watching it. I caught that this time. I went, God damn it! It's been twenty years. Just catching <laughs> shit now. Um, I will say that one of the comments I have is, um, I absolutely hate that fact that women are sex weapons in this. Like, I'm not a hardcore. I'm not a hardcore feminist, but it does bother me. Like seeing older films like this. Like, Christina's only point in this whole thing was to be a weapon a sexual weapon that's what i got from it like yes she was a spy but he said it's time like at one point english dude looks at her and goes okay christina it's now time to use your weapon and she's like weapon they've been training her to basically use sex as a weapon the whole time i have a rebuttal oh okay um, you are right. I'm not going to say that you're wrong mm. in any regard there because it's fucking front and center. Yeah. But there's also, I really liked the inclusion of her and uh, the assassin. They're kind of like a, a Romeo and Juliet. Yes. In, that's shoved into this story. And it, uh, they basically serve as like a um you have this Romeo and Juliet story that's juxtaposing the threads of vengeance that make up this narrative. Mm. So like I don't know it, it they kind of offset everything. And like the only way she could come back and see Shinosuke was to become an assassin yeah. was to become a weapon to be the thing that stops him in his revenge. Right. Because he's out for vengeance because those three killed his father, who was the president of a company. I didn't catch the name of the company. Yeah. It started with an M. 
But you see, like, this whole thing ties weirdly into this kind of, like... Yeah, so... It's an odd story. They Yeah, she's essentially... Her character's used as a sex weapon. Yes. But they did more with her. Yeah. By tying her into that Romeo and Juliet side. Like, they gave her... They give her a side where you're like, oh, you're not really supposed to care about this woman. But if we add this, now you care. Because she fell in love. She had, like, this whole thing. And she came back for love. Yeah. Not for vengeance or anything. Like, she came back to find it's, him, basically. It's tragic. Like, it's cool. It is cool. I, Wait till I didn't we get ex- to the ending. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect anything like that to be a part of a movie no. like this. So it was, it was nice to see. Oh, let's see. So now we cut to... After English dude says, you're going to use your weapon, they bring her, um, English dude, okay, so this is where English dude and the other guy meet up. Yes. Okay, so I, I interjected that one way too early, but, um, Christina, he pretty much says, Christina's here to do anything that you want. Do and give you anything you want. Says it right there. Yeah. And you see her, she is completely glazed over, she is in job mode, she doesn't care anymore. So the maid, it's not the wife. It's the maid. That I guess it was the maid. Her, puts kimono on her. They go upstairs, and then we get the soft porn, porneo porn that we have of this thing. It is uncomfortable to watch this. It's literally with four hundred people in, in a room because now you're actually like hentai is different. It's drawn. It's actual like pretty close to porn like pretty close to there's a threesome happening right now and it makes me very like well, it starts off like uh, just like a lesbian scene it does and then and then you realize he gets in on it <laughs> then you realize this hornball and that's where the snakes are interjected because you see the snakes on the wall and then they cut back to his face and then you're going to her so it's a adam and eve good versus evil thing it's a dude's getting hard watching this kind of thing and we're all sitting there, 400 of us watching this scene, and I hear, get these motherfucking snakes off my motherfucking wall. <laughs> because that goddamn movie oh, just came out. Shit. <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard when I, and I will never forget that. I see that scene. The importance of that scene is ruined by... Get these motherfucking snakes off my motherfucking wall. And I'm not 100% sure, but I believe Liz may have started that line. Oh, God. <laughs> because I can look at her at any point. If she eventually listens or watches this, I can look at her at any point and say that line, and she will laugh. Because we automatically go back to that very uncomfortable scene. Yeah. <laughs> We interrupt your regularly scheduled film talk for this important announcement. I know what you're thinking. Oh, God, not an ad. But trust me, if you have ever had a passing interest in podcasting, then you're going to want to hear about Anchor. Anchor is a podcast platform by Spotify, and it is way easier to make a podcast with absolutely everything you need to capture your audience all in one place. Anchor has the tools to help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And choosing to host with Anchor means that you can distribute your podcast on all major listening platforms, like Spotify, naturally, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, 
and many more. It also allows you to begin earning money with your show with no minimum listener requirements. Anchor was our first and only choice when we decided to start our show, and we cannot recommend it enough. So if you have an idea to podcast, don't wait any longer. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, yeah, I mean, my next note here uh, is something we already talked about, but it's the, uh, during that train scene, Mm -hmm. uh, which comes pretty close to this. Yeah. Uh, it's like the next assassination attempt, like the, uh, our protagonist and the assassin have kind of decided to work together. Who is she kidding with that fucking hat and suit on? Has nothing. No. My note has nothing to do with her. It's him. It's him and his... No, it's his fucking... You see him in the back of the train, and he's got this cloak covering his, like, mouth. And he just... He steps in, and then he gets... He steps in maybe two feet into the car when he's at the other end of it. Yep. And goes... (laughs) And tries to attack. And it's just fucking awful. I can take it out of this scene so hard and I'm just like oh dear god. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I, oh. You saw me at one point. I just kind of went, and we're out. I, I, I watch this uh, scene and I get pulled out completely. Um, I have one, one thing that bothered me about the scene previous. Because Shinosuke, before the train scene, Shinosuke catches her in the act of doing this. Catches the dude's tattoo with the, deer, uh, with the boar. And he tells Ocho. But before then... He meets up with Christina in there, and they have this whole big story about where have you been, what happened to you, I, I was mad at you, I hated you because I became pregnant, I couldn't be a dancer, and, like, you can see, like, where, why she came back, because she hated him so much, she still loved him, like, it's a whole thing. Yeah. And she pulls out, pulls out the locket, and he has the locket with her face, and she says, you still have this. She has fucking sparkly nail polish on. Does she? Yes. I didn't it bothered. Even it's one of the things that bothered me the first time I watched. I'm like, isn't this a nineteen? Isn't this like Meiji era of Japan? And she's got <laughs> fucking sparkly, hollow nail polish on. It's a fucking movie. Kids, <laughs> nail polish remover. Would have it took that went and I'm out. <laughs> Honestly, this part, this point in the movie got very like muddled for me. So like, you have the train scene. Our protagonist gets captured. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
she then gets brought into like torture. The church sex dungeon. The church sex dungeon. Oh, all right. So <laughs> I got to backpedal a minute. Yep. On the train, we also get random switchblade nuns. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Where did those nuns come from? I don't care. It was awesome. <laughs> I was hoping they were her, like, pickpocket entourage. No. So I'm always checking to see if there are faces, and they are just, like, right up to her neck, and I'm like, damn it. But <laughs> random switchblade nuns. Uh, she gets captured, brought back to the, the church, church sex, sex dungeon. dungeon. Which she's being... She's tied up and one of her breasts. It's literally <laughs> like this. She's tied up with chains. With chains. And you can see the fact that they put the blood on it to emphasize. She's been here a while. And I'm like, she must have been so cold and fucking uncomfortable. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And then we get Christina in what looks like a fringy cowgirl outfit with her side boobs showing. Whipping so... her with what looks like the end of a fucking eel tail. Just so this sequence, it's it's short. It's basically just. But you can't fucking forget editing. You can't forget it. No. But there, this is very much out of like pulled right out of the. There's a another subgenre of exploitation. It's mm-hmm. um women in prison movies. Okay. And that th- this scene basically encapsulates that. So she's tied up. She's bound. She's being beaten. They literally put Christina in this, like, leather fringy outfit, which is something straight out of those types of movies. It, this is, it's exploitation to the max. Right there. Like, they literally, on, this is highlighted. <laughs> they're shoving in other elements just to draw in more audience. Like, she's topless. You can see the side of Christine's boob. You've got the nuns watching this at one point. The Switchblade nuns are just on the side, like, watching. And then you, like, never see these nuns again. No, they're gone. That's it. They're out. It's fucking hilarious. It's like, who, what, whose idea was it to put these nuns in this movie? Who cares? Doesn't matter. (laughs) And then, okay, so after this, she's beating her, she's tired, she's just hanging around. Because they've now rope bondaged her where the chains were. She's... This isn't like, we're going to just hang you. No, she's rope bondaged. And I'm like, oh, those are really good knots. She must be comfortable. Um, And then you're like, okay. And then in pops bo- president or president dude's wife. And you're like, what, what the, are you doing here? The second I saw this woman walk in, I knew what was about to happen. And I was so happy that it did. It was like so. This is the twist of the movie, the big holy shit moment. Yep. Which, if you've seen as many things as I have, you know what's coming, and it was fucking. It's exactly what I wanted to happen. Do you realize they told you halfway through the movie? How so? So after she has sex, the that the wife has sex with the other dude. Yeah. Because they've been having an affair for years. Yeah. And she's lying there with her head there. And then you have flash images of... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of the daughter watching. And then she's in the background. And then you're like, wait a minute. Is she, like, connected them in somehow? You see... All right, so... They kind of put it right in front of you and then halfway through the movie. But, uh, at least for me, first time watching this, so I got to that scene where 
she literally says he literally says that it was her husband that got murdered and they show the flashes of the beginning yes so i was like oh okay so that was her husband for whatever reason i didn't immediately assume oh so the main character is her daughter yeah and it doesn't click until you see that moment where they explain everything you're like oh wait why didn't i think that i also didn't realize that that woman was the president's wife I, I just didn't, like, I must have, mi- like, looked away, missed something. The whole scene where she's playing the piano, and the dude's like, oh, we can't have sex. My husband will know. Wait, he probably does know, because we've been doing this for a while. I didn't even, it did, it just it's, flew out of my how, head. like, some of the things move yeah. so quick that you don't, if you don't pay attention to it, you can watch it. And then all of a sudden, there is a, kind of, not really raunchy, but it's like, it's still porn. It's still like, hey, I've seen way too many boobies in this movie. <laughs> and you know what? They all look alike. Most of them. Most yeah. of them most of them look alike, but I'm like, uh, okay. So <clears throat> that's uh all right, well boobies. But this scene this scene where, you know, this woman comes out and she's like explaining the whole thing, like, Oh, uh, I'm so sorry. Your name is Kyoko can she that's your she's like how do you know i'm your mother and i'm like oh or no you're my daughter i'm your mom and i'm like oh plot twist plot twist and then and then her husband shows up husband shows up el presidente and then he's like oh why don't you tell her the whole story and i'm like there's more and then he he somehow i don't understand why she's going oh oh no Oh, it hurts. The water hurts. Yeah, he he has the um the the sec the, the maid the maid pull off mystery? pull her kimono thing down down yeah and then ho- the, like hose her down with water essentially and the water hits her back and like reveals the butterfly tattoo which you'd think guys if you just put makeup on that and then like let the let makeup the water run, hit it. Maybe they tried, but and it they didn't tried, work. and the the tattoo probably ran too. Yeah. So like, okay, we'll just do this transition because it might have been a little harder in the seventies to do that without all of the makeup running. Right. But you're kind of taking it out, going, why didn't it just like, oh look, and posed? Well, we're just gonna slap this on there. Nowadays, like, oh, nowadays Lord. you could put like waterproof makeup as the tattoo, and then regular and then makeup like, on top. Yeah, regular, so but it'll run. Now it's actually nowadays they do. To make tattoos, they actually use, um, it's like a type of Sharpie almost. Yeah. That like, like I've seen them do it. It's actually really cool, but it looks way more authentic. Yeah. Um, I, I personally, I don't know. I loved that reveal. Like I was like, I knew that's what was coming and I was so happy. But they did it really well. They yeah. did, they did that reveal well. So you get this whole thing and... Now I'm trying to figure out how the next thing transitioned because well, the next scene the next scene is the is uh Christina and the assassin. Yeah. And holy fucking shit, this was hilarious. So, it cuts to Christine walking down the train and Shinusuke finding her and they're having a conversation. This moment it reminded me so much of uh Casablanca. Like this was the Here's looking at you, kid. Yep. Fucking the... <laughs> oh, the lives of two people. 
scene. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, but it was. They're talking. They're talking, and all of a sudden, out of the darkness comes the English, the American English guy. One, he's got a gun, kids. He's got a gun. You're in the open. He's got the high ground. You have nothing to hide behind. Why didn't you just fucking run? All I have oh to say. God. All I have to say. If they ran, they would have gotten away. So this scene <sighs> is the most overdramatic death scene I have ever fucking seen. <gasps> Like, they have... So, Christina gets shot. Gets shot right in the chest. Right in the chest. They The way they it shoot it... It must last about two minutes. They have her, her hair blowing, blowing up into up. the air with backlit. As if she's backlit. falling. But she's not. She's just no, standing there. She's standing there. And blood is pouring out of her chest. I mean, like, <laughs> gushing out. And she's um, like, oh, oh, you can hear the... In the background, and you're like, what? This is where the movie's like, and I'm done. <laughs> she finally falls. The assassin tries to pick her up and leave. He gets shot, shot in, in the, the back. back. Because the guy has a fucking gun, and he's on the stairs. And, oh, the they linger on, like, them trying to, like, touch hands and say their goodbyes. Grab my hand. The thing that fucking did it in for me. Yep. Was the fact that the bells toll as they die. <laughs> yes, the bells ding as they die. And you're like, I was oh my losing God. it. For whom the, the bells, bells toll. toll. Like, who put that in there? Oh, God. I was fucking dying throughout that whole scene. Oh. It was perfect. It was perfect. Also, when the old the president um, kills the mom, he kills her. She doesn't. He doesn't yeah. even give Ocho a chance to, like... He, like, strangles her, It right? was the worst choking scene in the world because it was like, Die, you! And his hand is not even around her neck. No. And he's guiding her with her shoulder like this. Like, pushing her. Like, helping her. And you can see there's no fucking yeah. contact. I'm like, guys. But. Guys, you try a little harder. There was also, like, I get why they had to be careful. Yeah. But there was also an attempt to try and make it look like he was really straining they put like heavy eye makeup yeah. on his eyes. I know he looked like, silver and like yeah. silver and gray, and he looked gaunt and shit. And like, oh. they did like, and I think that was to make it look like he was like, like struggling, really having a problem. Yeah, and I get it. Like I, I don't know. It didn't sell at all. Like it was terrible. But there was an attempt. I was really excited because as Shinosuke and Christina are dying, the American dude, like a dumbass. Jesus. Like a fucking stupid idiot walks over to them to make sure they're dead. And to, to gloat. And to gloat, and Christina stabs him. Motherfucker shots Shinosuke four times in the back, and that motherfucker didn't die right away. He picked her up and carried her a little yeah. bit. Like, <clears throat> what? It was. Oh. Oh, God. Then we cut to Miss Ocho. Cutting the ropes with a razor blade in the butterfly. That, it was like hidden in the is, card. It was hidden in the card, but it stood for me that her mother, even though she's the reason why her dad died, is still trying to help her out even in yep. death. I was like, oh. There was a lot of symbolism throughout this movie. A lot a of symbolism. Lot. Um, And now that that 
plot twist is we've talked about it a little bit. Mm. The placement of her tattoos. The placement of her tattoo is here. So she on her arm she has the two cards of the deer she and the, the boar. The deer and the boar, but the butterfly is not contained in the square. It is on her. So it's a part of her. It's a part of her. The butterfly is close to her heart. Yep. Well, it's on it's the other side. It's a different color. So even though color. she it's a part of her, it has a different path. It's not contained within the card. The flowers are different, the colors are different. And I love the fact that so the, those two cards are on her arm. She's wearing her revenge on her sleeve. Yes. It's fucking perfect. I Even love though it. This is a che- this is this is a fucking cheesy ass movie. It's well written. I I I'm going to save my opinions for afterwards. I still love this movie. <laughs> um um my, no good. My my favorite thing about her getting free and everything. She's beaten to shit. Her face looks like shit everything. But then she magically appears in front of El Presidente in a clean kimono, clean cut, hair done, looks great. Yeah, so by the way, she literally, so we cut from Christina and the assassin's death. Mm -hmm. We come back to the president. She literally just jumps into the room from the the ceiling. From the ceiling, not unscathed. Jumps in, starts killing everybody. I mean, and she, she takes both of her arms out of kimono. So she has free range of motion. Yep. She gets stabbed. She gets shot. shot. She's walking around with no. She had shoes at one point, and then they're gone. She's walking around in the snow. I mean, this girl this, goes through hell to get her revenge. This final massacre scene—it's not even a fight scene. It, she fucking slaughters these people. Yep. Is vicious, bloody. It's edited quickly. And precisely, they it's do it the really point. well. Yes. And we come, it gets us to our final confrontation. We have our protagonist and the boar. Yep. And this fucking final kill is so, it felt so brutally Ooh. personal. And I loved it. It's vicious watching her stab this motherfucker just to death. Hum, stab, and then she is. And just... then she just unloads on his corpse. <laughs> boom, boom, <laughs> boom. I'm like, you get it, get it, girl, get it. Oh. Beautiful. I hated the music in the background. It d- started, didn't bother me. It started off as a very odd 1970s rock song. Oh, I liked that. It was weird. I liked it. It, like, it felt very period appropriate. She's walking into the snow. She gets in the snow, picks up a mound of snow, and makes sure to clean the butterfly. Yes. And the flowers. So she got her revenge of all three. It seems like she forgives her mother and wants to respect. But she also makes sure that's the only spot she cleans. The rest of her is covered, and she makes sure she walks through hell. She's like, I just went through hell. I gotta keep going. The thing I thought was really cool, it's a very artistic choice that they did in the end here. Mm. So she walks out into the snow, and then, like, everything starts to transition to, like, the snowfall turns to cards. Yep. And then the ground is, she's walking through a black setting, but the ground is littered with cards, and cards are falling. And to me, that kind of just symbolized, like, She's she's gone through hell. She's gotten her revenge, but she's always gonna be surrounded by the fucking carnage that she's yep. 
that left in her wake, essentially. It's always going to be there. I really liked it. I thought it was, visually, it was a cool note to end on. Yeah, it was beautiful to end on. The fact that, that, just seeing the pure white snow and it's getting covered in blood and she's cleaning herself off and she's barefoot bleeding, walking through the snow. You know, the purest thing, that white, pristine, pure blanket is now covered with the carnage that she has to live with. It's just, ooh, ooh. This was an interesting one. Wasn't this was it? an interesting ride. I uh, I wasn't expecting it. It's a it's one of those things where um, uh, if I never saw it as a joke, almost twenty years ago, almost twenty years ago, <laughs> that's painful. <laughs> um, I wouldn't own this movie. Yeah, uh, but this is this movie. is this is something because I've never been into this style of like exploitation movie mm. I probably never would have watched on my own yeah and I'm glad you showed it to me I like it um if there's a blu-ray I want it there is no blu-ray as far as I know uh this place called Parkney House and the Pinky Violence Collection this is the only one I know because the sequel is, is pink, also is Pinky uh Violence too um yeah this this is uh Oh, that's funny. What? It has several names. Fuyo Den. The Story of a Bad Elder Sister, A Deer Amongst Wild Boars. Ooh, that's cool. Ooh. Ow, this, what? Like, here, can you zoom in on that? I can't pronounce <laughs> most of those words, but uh. I didn't even realize, hey, they have the whole thing at the top. So, Sean, let's get into the final thoughts about this. Would you like to go first? I would. I adore this fucking crazy-ass crap ride. (laughs) This movie holds personal, like, feels for me. Um, Sitting in a room with 400-plus people. I don't even know if it was 400, 200, whatever. It harkens to a weird time where... I actually, after the last two years and COVID and the way the world is, I have a hard time thinking about being in a room with that many people now. I was nervous about when we went to the movie theaters a couple of times and there was like less than 10 people in those theaters those times. (laughs) Like we were this close. You could smell everybody. (laughs) You could hear everybody breathing, coughing, everything. We were on top of each other. It was a wild ride. But... It was something that this experience was so much different with huge amount of people. You had people screaming, laughing. You missed parts of the movie. I didn't know the plot. It was just a random, fucked up 70s movie with sex. Upon watching it the second time with Liz and a couple of her friends, because we wanted to introduce this movie to our friends that we saw at Otakon that was really cool, I didn't like it. I thought it was silly. Like, it wasn't my cup of tea, but it had memories now after meeting you after kind of going through movies after seeing things i appreciate this so much more because it is that kind of movie that they don't make things like this nowadays this is for a specific audience a specific kind of people you know you wouldn't put this in theaters now people would be like nope get it off nope don't even not even it doesn't even have a rating it's not rated at all 
which means obviously it's an international film. You know, a lot of things from this era never went past the rating board. So this probably did play in a grindhouse cinema at one point. I guarantee it. And there is probably a strange little cult following of people that are like, wait, you know what Sex and Fury is? I have met two people in my life that knew what this film was. Two. And they looked at me and went, you own Sex and Fury? I'm like, yes, I do. They're like, are you willing to sell it? No. <laughs> I I got offered a hundred bucks for this one day. And I was like, nope. Nope. This holds a lot of memories for me. I didn't really like it in the beginning. When I saw it, I was 20. I was 20 years old when I first saw this movie. Yeah. Like, I'm 36 now. Like, it, it hits differently. It's not... Uh, you, don't, you don't play this publicly. But as a little cult memory film, it's kind of... It's awesome. I love this. This this, uh, this is a keeper. Even though it's a DVD, I'm sorry. It's a keeper. <laughs> Hopefully it eventually finds its way to Blu-ray. It would be nice. Um. So... My overall thoughts on this one, first time viewer, uh, I very much enjoyed it. I think this is a perfect representation of the stuff we're trying to cover here. Um, this is, it's got all the earmarks of what you want from a 70s exploitation style film. Um, it's brutally violent it tells a fairly intricate story and for the time it's well written like they actually make attempts to like give you plot twists and fairly well fleshed out characters and i like i said like if this ever gets a blu-ray release i'm getting it oh yeah i really liked it i hope somebody like vinegar syndrome or like uh shout factory or Arrow video gets their hands on Please, this. Please, somebody, gives us, anybody. Give us a re-release. Hell, give us a double feature. I, I hope the sequel is as good. Um, yeah, I, I I really liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, I don't know if I would watch it again. Like, this is a hard one to watch. Maybe, maybe in the distant future, but like... I think the next time would have to be with a group of people. It's this like... is a, this is okay. I want to pose this. This is like recording. We've done over ten now. Yeah, we're 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 pretty deep into this. I would like to propose one day having a group viewing of this, and then a group a revisit, if you would, to kind of come back to this with other people and see what they think. Because I have friends that love this movie. I have friends that fucking hate this movie. They they can't stand it. They hate it. Yeah. But it's like more or less like, but why do you hate the movie? Like, I would love to get opinions of other people because we love it because this falls in the wheelhouse of stuff we like to watch. Yeah. What about normal? What about people that just I, like go to the movie theater? I guarantee day? most people wouldn't like no. this. No. Nope. I highly recommend this for people who want an interesting viewing movie that are like, fuck it. Let's just watch something crazy. Pick this. This yeah. is crazy. I I would definitely recommend this to people like me who like uh, Grindhouse movies, Mm. who like cheesy, over-the-top, ridiculous movies, who like foreign movies. Yes. I would recommend this to those types of crowds. I wouldn't recommend this to, like, my family or, like, your average moviegoers. Like, my sister is 
a Marvel. She's fan. not gonna watch this. She's not gonna like this. She's gonna the minute like, she sees nudity, she'd be like, "Nope, bye." <laughs> no, I don't think that would be the be all end all. She just wouldn't be able to get into it. Yeah. And a lot of people are like that. I would never recommend this to those types of it's people. It's taken a few viewings for me to get into the actual story. Like, the first time I saw it, obviously <clears throat> you're not going to catch the story with 400 no. people screaming. Favorites. Oh, my God. Let me get my thing back up. <laughs> um, One of my favorite lines is Ocho says to Yuki after Yuki finds out that <clears throat> the the dude rapes her. She says, in Japanese, I don't know what it is, but she says... You can die at any time, but there, there's only one chance at life. That's a pretty strong yeah. statement. And you know what? Coming from someone who has a revenge story playing out, that's definitely hits a little bit more. Because, like, she can give up at any time. But, she, like, that, she can give up this revenge at any time. But will she be able to live out her life knowing that she walked away from it? No. No. Like, she's telling Yuki... No, no, don't take the don't take that way out. Live your life, but in turn, she's telling her continue with your revenge because you're never going to be able to live with it if you don't. And I was like, and then my really cool, yeah. And then my other favorite line. I bet you it's both of our favorite lines. The police show up, or the dude, one of the guys show up at the the crooks girls' school. Yeah, and the girls are like, no men are allowed. Yeah, no men allowed. And then the boy student goes. Yeah, no men are allowed in here. What about you? Me? I'm gay. Fucking died laughing. <laughs> Best line. That's literally the only thing I put for a favorite really? line. Really? <laughs> um, a lot of the dialogue in this movie isn't super memorable. No. And, or quotable. That moment was hilarious. And it stood out to me. It was very funny. Because <laughs> that guy is just like this little humor that he is. runs throughout. It's kind of cute. I mean, the other big line that everybody knows... Or me and my friends know is, Shinosuke, where are you? She says it so many fucking times. Oh my god. Shinosuke, where are you? Shin but she says, Shinosuke? She doesn't even, like, try the pronunciation. No. It, it Probably she just couldn't. It also... <laughs> this movie also reminds me a little bit of Giallo. So, okay. Ah. So the only way I can say that is... They have multiple languages in one movie. Yeah. And they try to, their best with with subtitles in different languages yeah. in trying to explain things. I mean, a lot of it is that um, that bad Japanese English that you can tell this isn't translated very well. The English isn't translated right. very well. But it reminded me of the colors of the blood and kind of in the way of that where they tried to keep everybody pronouncing Japanese as well as they could or English as they could very faintly like think, little little giallo think, not completely but it was it was a little influence like tiny influence there I think what you're picking up on is less giallo and more just the period the time that this was made like that's kind of how it was especially in foreign cinema well maybe that's because the only real foreign like 70s movies I've seen are Suspiria, yeah. Beyond. We'll get into far more of those. What What's the title of the one that you told me that we're looking at buying? Oh, uh, Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key. I fucking love that. I want that as a tattoo around my arm. <laughs> That's so good. So good. Um, I did put a couple other favorites. 
not in terms of dialogue, but uh, I think my two favorite scenes in the movie were the uh, the naked snow massacre yep. at, towards the beginning. That just visually, that was really cool. Not just because she's naked. That's just the plus. Honestly, guys, but... <laughs> Sean's not like that. No, I'm um, more like that. <laughs> I can appreciate. I can appreciate a beautiful naked woman for sure, but. Um, to me, that was just, it was so much, so artistically done and tasteful. You look look more at the production side of a movie. I really do. I look more of, wow, her nipples look really good in that (laughs) shot. Um, and I personally really liked the, that big last massacre scene, the final, uh, final guy's death included. Hmm. Um, I thought the that like seventies rock and roll music was really cool with it. Like it felt interesting and there, different. That didn't. That felt really out of place. I liked it. I don't know. I felt like it. I was waiting for Led Zeppelin to come out and start playing the drums and fucking guitar well, as she's slaughtering people. I felt like it added something that you don't normally find in foreign cinema, especially at that time. Hmm. Like it was very strange. Like, but it was cool. Kind of progressive a little. Yeah, I really liked it. Hmm. Um, does it work? Use your words. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about this question, honestly. Does it work? Uh, maybe. I really wish the story was fleshed out longer. And I wish it was a little more cl- cleaned up. It maybe 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 I I really wasn't thinking about this question for this one because it's just a fun fucking roller coaster to me. Like not everybody's going to like this, so it doesn't have to work. So I'm going to say strong, like soft yes, strong maybe. Um for me, I person like personally if you're somebody like me, this definitely works. Yeah. Like this is it is what it sets out to be. It's a fun, ridiculous, fucking, um, intricate story. Like, it, uh, it delivers on violence, nudity, fucking, mm-hmm. um, I guess, character in a lot of ways. Like, it gives you what it tries to give you. Yeah. Uh, I think it works. Modern audiences won't. Yeah. They're going to think it's cheesy, stupid, cheesy, long-winded. Cheesy, dumb. Why is there so much sex? Why is it so violent? Yeah. Sex and Fury, guys. It, come on. It's in the fucking title. It delivers. Yeah. I think it I think it works, personally. Yeah. Um, how would you make this today? Limited series. Fucking limited series all the fucking way. Six episodes. Like, strain out... Her story in the beginning just a little bit. Pull out Christina and uh, Shinosuke's love story a little bit. Pull out the mom story a little bit. Drag it, drag it out. Hour and a half episodes. Kind of Game of Thrones-esque, like, epic set in feudal, like, or not. This isn't feudal Japan. No, this is it's... Medi- Japan. This, so yeah. I, I, this is more modern. I'm terrible with history. It's Sorry. like 70s yeah. Japan. But it's still maybe 60s maybe yeah it's it maybe even earlier than that yeah way earlier than that um like this could be if you take all of the sex sex the softcore porn stuff out 
but keep it in there kind of like a Game of Thrones-esque, this could be one hell of a period drama. This could be a hell of a period story. I'm definitely inclined to agree. Like, this as a limited series would be fucking sick. Make the dramatics of the revenge even deeper. Make the story even crazier. The twist. This has, like, Marvel-esque twists in it, if you're not paying attention. This is pretty good. I think you could even retitle it, honestly. Oh, yeah. And, like... I like the A Deer Amongst Wild Boars. That's a really good title. Personally, I think... As a limited series, this would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, you could do it as just remake it as a movie, but I think it would be, have to be. I, there needs to be more story. There's too much story yeah. compacted in the hour and the half. It it's, needs to be longer. It's very crammed. I'm it's, telling you, Marvel has ruined us for stories because giving us longer formatted stories has made us want even more of the story. Yeah. Well, that's why everything's being adapted into Which series. I, I now. love. I mean, Japan's always had limited series, uh, live action stories. Korea does it too. I mean, right now, Korean K dramas like Squid uh, Wars, Hellbound, huh? Squid Game. Squid Game. What did I say? Squid Wars. Squid Wars. <laughs> so terrible. Uh, Squid Games. Hellbound is getting big, and that's another one. I mean, if people want movies, Parasite's fucking huge, and mm-hmm. I watched that. I love that. You have not watched that um, yet, but I know it's um, big. Train to Busan. Fucking movie. You're just literally sitting here the whole time, and it never gets better. I love Train to Busan, but fuck that movie sometimes. Um, I can recommend movies that would be even better. Like, K-dramas aren't all about heartbreak, love. They are. They go hard. Asian countries with their limited series and their stories and their storylines go big. That's why I think this works so well. Because this is an example. Yeah, it's an exploitation. It's a grindhouse film. It's meant to be cheesy and crazy, but it still has a great story. Yeah. They are good storytellers. It Even animes. Some animes, you're like, how the fuck <laughs> did this story come out of what people go, oh, it's a cartoon. It is not. Anime is something totally different. No, like, they, they definitely up they the They know ante. what they're doing. Um... Is this exploitation or other? Obviously. It's fucking exploitation. There was no question about this is a grindhouse cinema movie. It gives you what you want, but it also gives you what you need, which is a good story, which is shocking for some grindhouse movies. Yeah, there's a lot of absolute shit out there that came out in the grindhouse era and just didn't even try. Yep. This... I think aimed to be something more and it it fucking succeeded. It did. It's a really good story that also delivers on all that you want from exploitation. Yep. It gives you a ton of gratuitous sex scenes, gratuitous violence, some absolute violent murders, <sighs> gore galore. There's blood everywhere. But it's not it's not nasty. It's, no. Oh, dude, look at the red paint. Yeah, just it's great. Fu- it's great. It it pays off in basically every way that you can think of. Yeah. Um, I mean, for fuck's sake, just for some examples, um, like it, uh, the switchblade nuns on the, like Ooh, that comes out of fucking did- left field and is disposed of just as quickly. Yep. Uh. 
and then you have the whole uh, women in prison style violent chain whipping scene. That like, sh- that is both disturbing and erotic at the same time because you know somebody's <laughs> like, oh yeah, whip them girls. Like Woo! these these were subgenres for a reason. Yep. Like this is this plays into not just the pinky violence uh, and sexploitation subgenre. It's mm. It's got a little bit of women in prison, a little bit of uh, nunsploitation. It's got bondage. It's got bondage. Like, it's... It's got a choke kink, for God's sakes, in it. It tries to deliver for multiple audiences, and yeah. I think it, it does a good job with it. It does. Uh, but I think we're at the end of this uh, discussion, yeah. If unless you have anything else. Guys, if you're watching this... You know what movies you're coming into. You're coming into cheesy. You're coming into shitty. You're coming into some blockbusters. You're coming into weird. Give this one a go. This is why it was one of my first picks. One, because it's the weirdest thing I own. And two, it's probably the most defining grindhouse thing we might have right now. I mean, I didn't want to get all the good stuff in the beginning. So no. I was like, hey, why don't we try this one? And then Sean's like, that's an actual Grindhouse film. I was really pleased that this podcast that we put together, I actually had a good one to contribute. Well, so we went into this with with the the goal is to watch stuff that we normally wouldn't have mm-hmm. for the most part. We do want to do stuff that we've both seen. We do want to... We started you off with some easy ones. Texas Chainsaw was our first episode because it showcases the period in time that we wanted, but it's a popular movie. Yes. We followed it up with Pieces because it's a perfect follow-up to Texas Chainsaw. But it's a not well-known movie. It's... Well, in horror field In horror field, but like normal people... No. But it's a... It is from the Grindhouse era. Yeah. And then, with episode three and four, we wanted to take you somewhere else. We wanted, we wanted to go unknown. A little bit of what I watch. The yes. international Asian film. The weird kind of, I find this humorous. Like, I do. This is this. I laughed the whole time I watched it my first viewing. I don't remember if I was drunk. I was 20. <laughs> Technically, I wasn't. I don't remember if I was, but I was only 20. So, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But... It's also like one of those films that I wanted to showcase. This is something that I actually have watched and you have not. No. And we both wanted something. Okay. I've seen Texas. You've seen Texas. I've never seen pieces. You saw pieces. I've seen sex and violence. You haven't seen sex and violence. Sex and fury. Sex and fury. What is wrong with me? (laughs) The next one. Neither one of us have seen it. No. Um, I don't know. I... In the future, I want us to cover mostly Grindhouse era shit that, like, yeah. is weird. I want to get to that point yeah. with some more popular stuff peppered in. Yeah. I would like that to be the overall, like, tip. Like, I want that to be where we reside for the majority of this podcast's longevity. Yeah. Like, that. But. I'm okay with easing in with stuff that a lot of people have seen. Because you want to get people interested in it and yeah. kind of like see what we like. 
Because this podcast really is, we're going to pick stuff that we like most of the time. I'm trying to find films now that fall into my wheelhouse of what I like, but that I've never seen or have never heard of. Fuck you, dude. Has to be, yesterday was supposed to be trash day. There's a, there's a garbage truck outside, so if you're hearing any of that nonsense out there, I'm sorry. Um, Continue. I forgot what I was going to say, because the garbage truck interrupted me, and I don't remember. Um, well, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, we're trying to ease in. We're trying to get people interested. Ultimately, we're doing this podcast because we wanted to try this, and yeah. It's fun. We have, I like it. You you have already thrown me into. We're gonna watch this movie you've never seen, and I am a talker during movies. I like to put my two cents in. By him making me write everything down, and like all of my notes, all of my feelings. It's interesting when he and I afterwards would do this when we see big blockbuster big blockbuster films. I think we touch upon this in farther episodes. Yeah, but. We get in the car after we see a movie. We don't talk to each other. We don't even look at each other because I'll laugh if I don't like it. And if he didn't like it, he'll laugh too. So it's like, don't look at each other. <laughs> get to the car. We turn the recorder on. We put it on the dashboard. And we've gone as far as I think 45 minutes, 50 minutes is the longest. Yeah. And that was for Nighthouse. <sighs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but we've done it for maybe about a half a dozen movies. Maybe someday we can do something with that for this podcast. I would love to have, like, re revisits. I really... Uh, guys, I want revisiting stuff to be a thing. Well, we'll we'll figure that out. Like, I think it would be cool to incorporate that in mm. some way. Maybe, like, do some mobile podcasting of some kind. That would be funny. But uh, that we'll have to work out the kinks for. Oh, my for. God, we will. We're going a little too far on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. Um, Do you have any uh, notes to add, to add? No, uh, other than if you have never heard of this movie, if you've never seen it, look for it. Yeah, find it. Find it's, it. It's, it's hard a fun to watch. find. It's hard to find. I will tell you that. Like, I think it's cool that she already owns it. Like, that's awesome. And now we have the sequel. We do. That was hard to find too, but we got it. <laughs> um, but uh, that about wraps everything up. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned for the coming attractions. I have a feeling you're going to want to see this. あの
そいつがどんなものか味わしてやるよ畜生何するんだ畜生お前のみっともない死に様が私をまた先の犯人に仕立てた奴らへの喧嘩状ってわけさやめて待って言うから待ってよそうかもうちょっと強情張ってりゃ一生使いもなんなかったとこだよ親分さ男と女でも裸の付き合いはできるでしその少子は郷田の親分さんがお借りした倍の値打ちがありますよ郷田さん俺はなあんたがこの扇組の跡目を継ぐってな不承知だぜ下で出たら好きなことくだらべがって I don't know if I'm prepared <laughs> for this one. I don't. And you know what? As we're sitting here talking about it, I realized, have we seen the preview for this one ourselves yet? We have not. <laughs> At the time of recording this, we don't know what you just watched. Nope. But I have a feeling that if it's anywhere near as good as this, it's going to be yeah. fucking I fun. I mean, it, the, as, it's, as the, um, the wiki said, this movie was made the same year. So these were both made yeah. the same year. They were one after the other. Yeah, I think this was a back-to-back, -back, maybe sh shot all together kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Which actually might lend to why this one felt disjointed. This one is Story of a Wild Elder Sister Widespread Lynch Lull. W-A-L-A-W-L. Lull. Lull? 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 Lull. I don't know. But Lull. it is called Female... Yakuza Tale. I don't know anything about this. Nothing. No. Um, we're going, guys, we're going into this one completely blind. I'm excited. I am. I don't even know what the blip is. You don't know? I like the design of that packaging. I know. Like, so the, the first one, the packaging, it's a white box. She's on the cover with the, the symbol behind her. This one, the box is clear. She's printed on the cover. And it's a sticker. It's a sticker. Yep. But they use the disc as the symbol behind yep. her. Like, that's really cool. It's a good design. It is. It is a very good design. It's a little busted up because I, I bought it secondhand. 
but, a lot of this stuff we're gonna find secondhand, yeah, unfortunately. But I'm really, I'm really proud that now. Oh my god. I got both. This is a rare one, right? Yeah. Imagine finding the tapes. Are I, there? Do you think there? Oh, we're gonna go home. We gotta find the tapes. Excuse me, I gotta go to eBay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> while she does that, um. Uh, that's going to bring us to an end here uh, for more recommendations on films or coffees that you should check out. Um, if you'd like to see our our film collection, it, um, if you want to see some fun behind the scenes, if you want to rec us, recommend us some movies, check us out and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grindhouse Cast if you want to chat with us there. Um, we also have a Discord, um, which is also Grindhouse Podcast, which you'll be able to chat with Leah. Yep. She's going to run that whole thing because I'm not really a Discord guy. <laughs> All the links for everything are going to be down in the show notes. Um, listen to us. Give us five stars on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. If you... Uh, New episodes are available first thing every single Monday morning. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you want a more visual experience, subscribe to us on YouTube where you can get every single episode in its entirety with video. If you like what we're doing here and you want to show us your support, all that information is down in the show notes as well. We do have a Patreon um, where we're... I think we've worked out some fun little rewards uh, that will get you some extra bonus content, um, and we are going to work on upgrading that as the show goes on. Yes. Uh, until next week, I'm Sean. I'm Leah. Thanks for listening, and keep watching. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.